Well, good morning, everybody. Liz and I are absolutely thrilled to be here on such a special occasion. In, In 2018, after 35 years in local church ministry, God called Liz and I to serve the wider church. And so we stepped down from our senior leadership post at King's Church, Amersham. And so we travel up and down the nation and we do inter-church services, we do inter-church conferences, we do church weekends, we do leadership training and mentoring, and we do Sunday services. When Mark phoned and asked, would I speak today, as we had the conversation on the phone, the Lord dropped this statement into my heart as we talked together, and it was this. Sorry. Right button. It was this. I'm sending the best of the best. And as we had our conversation and I came off the phone, the Lord led me to Philippians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, that's where we're going today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 25. And it's there that we read these words. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Timothy is like no other. He carries the same passion for your welfare that I carry in my heart. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go here. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. These verses which Paul wrote to the church at Philippi could be summed up with these words, I'm sending you the best of the best. And as you welcome Mark into this position today, and as you welcome and love and embrace the Bailey family, I want you to be assured of this, that God has sent you today the best of the best. And there's four reasons in this passage why Timothy was the best of the best. And I want to suggest to you strongly this morning that we can see each of them in Mark Bailey. First of all, his willingness. He said, I am sending Timothy. Now, this was not Timothy's first mission journey. He was sent to Corinth. He was sent to Ephesus, to Macedonia, to Taurus and to Rome. And there was a real openness in the heart of Timothy to be led by the Spirit of God. There was a deep desire in his heart to be in the right place at the right time doing what God had called him to do and to be. Timothy's name is mentioned 24 times in the New Testament in the context of being willing to be led by God. And as he was obedient to God's leading, he was a blessing. Things happen when people are open and responsive to the prompting of God's Spirit. That was certainly true of Paul, who was Timothy's spiritual mentor. Remember Acts 16. 
Paul and Timothy are on this mission. And during the night, Paul has a vision of a man from Macedonia asking, come over and help. After Paul had seen the vision, the scripture says that they concluded that God was calling them to Macedonia. And you know the story well. Paul is led to the river on the Sabbath. And he finds a group of women praying. And he shares with them the message of Christ. Lydia's heart is open. She receives the message. And she and her household were saved and baptized. Many scholars believe that Lydia was the first believer in Europe. And it was through Paul's willingness, it was through Paul's obedience that blessing came. I want to tell you today, church, that God releases his power and he releases his blessing upon willingness and obedience. Pick up your mat and walk. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Fill those six jars with water. Move away the stone. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, I need you to know this morning that this appointment of Mark Bailey is not by chance. It is not because Mark and Fee had nowhere else to go. They are here with a conviction that God has called them as God called Paul to Macedonia to come and help you. They're here because this is God's appointed appointment for them and for you and for the community. They are here because I believe that they're the best of the best. And through their willingness to come and through their obedience... God commands his blessing upon you as a church and upon this community. You know, I love being led by the Spirit. And uh, we've been staying for a few days with my best friend Harry in Biddeford, who's Fiona and Kirsty's dad. And he said to me, I've got an eye appointment on Friday morning at nine. I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll walk down with you. I'll get a coffee. You go for your eye test, then we'll go for breakfast. Great, he said. We came to the bottom of the street, and there was two coffee shops. There was a family-run coffee shop, and there was Costa coffee shop. And I would always go for the family-run coffee shop, because I want to encourage small businesses. But as I stood at the bottom of the high street, I felt prompted, I felt led to go to Costa's, if you could ever be that. And I found myself in Costa's and and I'm having a lovely latte and I'm reading my paper and the Lord says to me, don't despise the small things. And I felt quite offended because I said to the Lord, I don't. He said, no, I want you to tell somebody, don't despise the small things. And I looked at this couple sitting next to me and I thought, oh, it might be for them. And they got up and walked out. I thought, oh. And so I'm reading my paper and this woman came over and she said to me, excuse me, she says, are you Paul Lynch? And I looked at her and I said, I was when I woke up this morning. She says, let me tell you, she said, I can't believe I've met you. 
She said that I've had a heart to minister to single parents for years. And God had been calling me to step out the boat and to do something for him. But I was reluctant. She said, you spoke six weeks ago in a church called Biddyford. And I came and I heard you speak. She said, I cried all the way through the service. I said, I wasn't that bad. (laughs) And she says, and God said to me, I want you to step out the boat. I want you to do this ministry that's burning in your heart for single parents. And she said, I want you to know I've stepped out the boat. She says, I've taken this step. But she says, it's ever so small. It's ever so small. And the Lord said, tell her. Whoa. I said, the Lord just spoke to me for you. He said, don't despise the small things. The small flask of oil. The small hand in the cloud. The small room. Two small coins. Small packed lunch. Small mustard seed. Don't despise the small things. And there I prayed a blessing over this lovely lady in Costas. When we respond to the prompting of God's Spirit, when we're obedient to his prompting, there lies his blessing. David Jeremiah says this, God is looking for willing hearts. God has no favorites. You do not have to be special, but you have to be available. Second reason why he sent Timothy was this, because of his uniqueness. Timothy is like no other. Or there is just nobody like Timothy. Now, there were many Christians in Rome at this point. In fact, Paul mentions 26 of them in Romans chapter 16. But as he looked at all these people and he looked at Timothy, he says, there's nobody like Timothy. He's one of a kind. And Paul and Timothy had been together for 10 years. And during that time, Timothy had proved himself again and again and again. The word proved can mean try and test to be genuine. Not false, not fake, but the real deal. And his faith and character and gifting was tried, tested, and developed and cultivated over many years. Paul saw Timothy as reliable and dependable and loyal and he says there's no one like Timothy so I'm sending you the best of the best. Now Mark Bailey is far from perfect and he will be first to tell you that. But I know Mark and Fee for many years. I spoke at their wedding. I've spoken at the dedication of the children. And I know him. And his faith and his character and his gifting has been tried and tested by God and cultivated by God over many years. And he has proven to be trustworthy and reliable, loyal and mature. And I tell you, he is unique. There is only one Mark Bailey. I love this verse in Acts 16, verse 2. We read this. And the brethren who were in Lister spoke well of Timothy. What a lovely verse. The brethren who were in Lister, 
They spoke well of Timothy. People speak well of Mark Bailey. And I've contacted a number of people over the past months and I've asked them to comment on Mark Bailey. And here are some of the responses. Mark is loving, caring and compassionate. He will often put people first. He's hardworking, but also full of fun. He's a man who seeks God's truth in his life and has a deep desire to see others become disciples of Jesus. Mark is quite a lot like Jesus. Loving, gentle, humble and gracious. But also prepared to ask the hard questions and challenge people in order that they might grow. Mark has humility and confidence. He's serious and fun. He's open and honest. He can challenge and encourage. He's a man with a heart after God. He's a great bloke. Mark is empathetic, wise, and hope-filled. Mark is a great leader focused on valuing those he leads and those he and his team serve as demonstrated by his leadership of one of the most effective teams at Lee Abbey over the years. Now, I know you're uncomfortable hearing that, Mark. They usually keep these words for what they call the Thanksgiving service. (laughs) It's, It's called... It's called professionally the eulogy. (laughs) But you need to hear this from the heart of God. Because that's how God sees you. You're one of your kind. You are unique. You've been trained, refined, approved by God for this appointed appointment today. And in his uniqueness, I encourage you as a church today, to embrace and love that uniqueness before God. This is what the late Billy Graham once said. When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. God says to you today, I'm sending Mark because he's unique. Third reason why Paul sent Timothy was his passion. He carries the same passion for your welfare as I carry in my heart. There was a kindred spirit between Paul and Timothy with regards to the church. Paul says many people look after their own interests, but not Timothy. He said his vision is wider, his heart is bigger, and his passion is deeper for the church. His heart is to do good for the church, for the ecclesia. For the body of Christ. Timothy wasn't self-absorbed. He didn't live for his own comfort and good. He didn't live to be served. But he lived to serve. And Mark's heart is for the church. His passion is for the welfare of the church. His heart is to serve the church. In order that each individual might reach the full potential in Christ. Mark and Fiona are very passionate about people. 
And they will constantly look to the interest of others within the family of God. And they will seek to cultivate the one another verses in Scripture. Love one another. Forgive. Carry each other's burdens. Encourage each other. Honour each other. Serve each other. Servanthood is not for the chosen through, but it's for everybody who belongs to the body of Christ. I've always endeavoured to step outside my spiritual comfort zone on retreat. So when I lived in Bournemouth, uh, four times a year, I went to a monastery in Dorchester, and it was a silent retreat. Now that's quite a challenge for me that likes to talk. But I went to this monastery, and the greatest challenge for me wasn't that I couldn't speak. The greatest challenge for me was that you couldn't speak at dinner time. And the tables were long. And so if you wanted the potatoes or the vegetables or the chicken, you couldn't ask for it. You you had to look each other in the eye and smile. and, And you looked after each other. And you served each other. Now, I know this, that as Mark and Fiona come among you, they will look after your well-being, and they will look after your interests. And my prayer is that you'll do the same for them. And in so doing, you'll become stronger and more effective as a body of Christ here in this community. This is what Rachel Hickson says the best way to do ourselves good is to be doing good to others. The best way to gather is to scatter. Finally, my time's almost gone. But the fourth reason why he sent Timothy was because of his partnership. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. Now I want you to notice something really important here. Paul didn't say that he served me but rather he served with me in the work of the gospel. There were partners in the gospel. There were co-workers in mission. Timothy's heart was to reach the lost with the good news, and he would continue to do that even when he was in Philippi. Mark comes to you today to serve you in reaching those that are lost. You are co-workers together. Declaring the good news, the kingdom of God in this community. About three years ago, Mark and I shared a morning at the Abbey on evangelism. And, and I saw his heart and, and his passion and his vision and his creativity and his strategy and his belief that the church could make an impact in the local community. And you begin a wonderful partnership today that will release the blessing on the wider community. You begin a partnership today that will reap a harvest for God. There are Lydia's by the riverside. There are households waiting to embrace the kingdom of God. There are seeds that have been sown in this church over the years and there are seeds yet to be sown. There has been seeds that have been watered over many years and there's seeds that have still to be watered. 
And as God does that, God alone will give the increase. This is what John Sentamu writes. The gospel offers forgiveness for the past, new life for the present, and hope for the future. And as you work together to offer the good news of Jesus to this community, I speak this over you today. Many lives will be transformed. Many destinies will be changed forever. The Lord reminded me of this story as we came this morning. And uh, I want to share it with you as a close. The Lord says, tell them that their impact in their partnership will be far-reaching. In 1986, I was ordained as pastor of Grosvenor Church in Barnstable, North Devon. I was only 26 at the time. And Liz and I went to save North Devon for God. I had such a passion to see people saved, and so did the church. And so we partnered together. And when I was on an evangelistic visitation, the church prayed. Went to a coffee shop. And I'm sitting having a coffee. This chap saw my book, and it was a book on Elijah. And he said, what are you reading? I said, oh, this book on Elijah, who was a man of God. He said, do you believe in God? I said, I certainly do. And so we started to talk, and then he asked what I did for a job, so I told him. And at the end of the conversation, he said, do you come here often? I said, well, not as often as I'd like. He says, well, you come next week at the same time, and I'll come, and we can have a chat. I said, yes. So we met up four weeks talking about Christianity. And at the end of this session, the Lord said to me, invite him to church on Sunday. You're preaching at a baptism. It's going to be evangelistic. Get him. So I said to him, would you like to come to church? He said, I'd love to. I said, I'm preaching on Sunday. I'd love to hear you. I said, come along. So service came, preached, couldn't see him. I was back in Grosvenor Church five years ago, 30 years later. Preached a sermon and this chap came up and said, excuse me, he said, you don't remember me, do you? I goes, I'm sorry. He says, I'm Dave. He said, I had a coffee with you several years ago. I said, oh, I remember you well. I said, in fact, we had four coffees. I said, and you promised me that you'd come to church and hear me preach the next Sunday and you didn't come. He goes, I did come. I goes, I didn't see you. He says, that's because I had to rush off early. He says, because my employer had given me a new post and it wasn't in North Devon. And had to leave on the Sunday afternoon. He said, but let me tell you this. When you gave your appeal for people to accept Jesus as Saviour and Lord, I stood up and I did. I was like, wow. That's amazing. I said, so do you live in North Devon now? No, no, no. I'm just down to see an aunt. And I saw on the website that you were here. I said, where do you live? He goes, oh, I live in Poland. I said, Poland? <laughs> bit cold for me, but Whatever. I said, what do you do there? He said, I've been a missionary with my wife for 30 years. 30 years. You see, there's seeds that have been sown in this church over many years and they've been watered for God. And I believe in my heart that God says, look, the harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. And God, through his spirit, will impact not only this community, but further.
Your partnership in the gospel will be to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I've come to tell you, the Lord has sent you the best of the best. Will you honour him? Will you love him? Will you pray for him? Will you serve with him? Will you support him? He needs you as much as you need him. This partnership will be greatly blessed by God in the days to come to the ends of the earth. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that this calendar, this date has been in your calendar for time and eternity. I thank you for Mark and Fiona, for Callum and Ern. Thank you for the impact that they've made throughout their lives in Crediton, at Lee Abbey, and now here. And I pray for your favour and your blessing to be upon them and upon the church as they begin this wonderful adventure with you and with each other. Father, bless them. Take their breath away with regards to what you want to do in them and through them in the coming days, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.